Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Mini Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleh Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From the Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. In honor of Cinema Week, AMC Theaters is offering customers an all-you-can-eat popcorn deal and an all-you-can-stand nacho deal. Wow. Movie nachos. Not sure I've ever had them. I I'm can, not a fan. I know. I got to no. guess. Cheese shouldn't come out of a pump. Yeah, that's right. my philosophy. Right. You make nachos at home. You actually melt cheese on the chips. Maybe you throw some meat and, and stuff. Maybe some beans. You swing the way you want to swing. But it is so vastly superior to the weird chemical cheese goo. Ugh. Nobody should ever eat that. Make a vow with me now, folks. I will never eat that. No movie or state fair nachos. There is nothing in nature except for a couple of tropical fish that are that color. There's a reason for that. And and those fish are poisonous. Right, exactly. (laughs) So I'm calling for the 49 states that aren't Cal Unicornia to just drum California out of the country. And as usual... It's the story of the the uh, the purest craziness being in education. The California State University, Los Angeles, has just hired as a dean of the newly created College of Ethnic Studies a woman who is an ally of Nation of Islam leader Louis Farrakhan and has publicly, repeatedly expressed hope that Clarence Thomas dies an early death. Wow. This is an educator, the, the, the dean who's going to be teaching your children, Kala Eucornia. She said of uh, Justice Clarence Thomas, I hope his wife feeds him lots of eggs and butter and he dies early like many black men do of heart disease. In a column she wrote for the Birmingham Times, she said, White people's hatred for Minister Farrakhan is irrational and, might I say, racist. Oh, wow. 
She was quoted in the Nation of Islam newspaper saying, until these Jewish people who are running around asking back black people to buck dance, until they ask white people to buck dance, I ain't having it. I'm just not having it. Article also also quoted her as saying, Minister Farrakhan has never picked up a gun and shot anybody. These people need to just back off, whatever that means. Mm. She uh, appeared with Farrakhan to announce plans for a, wa- a march on Washington. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. There's, there's a, a history like that? Come on. There's a new Malcolm X biography, won the Pulitzer Prize last week when they came out. Sounds pretty good. I might read it. But anyway, it... Uh, it uh, makes it pretty clear that Louis Farrakhan had Malcolm X killed when he uh, turned on the Nation of Islam. Hmm. Ordered to hit himself. Um, he, Louis Farrakhan and his crowd, Nation of Islam, they're very close to, like, the Ku Klux Klan. And uh, you should not be able to be associated with them and get a job at a university. As one uh, Jewish activist said, how can Jews expect to be treated with respect in a college where the leader has defended Louis Farrakhan, downplayed concerns about anti-Semitism, and promoted destructive conspiracy theories about Jewish power? Yeah, she's a, she's a big, the Jews control the world and are evil person. Um, the president of Cal State LA, William A. Covino, clueless, in a press release, announced the appointment saying this is a significant appointment for the college, but also for the city and the nation. Yeah, I would agree. It is significant. It's significant that somebody as, as lacking in judgment as you would, would drop this awful person into an institution that ed- educates young people. I'd say that is significant. The release uh, paraphrases him and saying, quote, Malvo is long and accomplished record in academia and her history of advocacy will serve her well in her new role as dean of the college. Unbelievable. You know, it's also unbelievable that Subway's tuna sandwiches might not have d- tuna in them. What's going on with Subway's tuna sandwiches? Full team coverage coming up later this hour. Editorial piece in the New York Post. Is no one going to mention how confusing and out of it Biden was in his speech yesterday? I thought that was a good headline for a news story. Wow. The, wow. the, uh, the Post editorial board, is no one going to mention how confusing and out of it Biden was? I don't know if you saw his gun speech yesterday. We can play a little bit of it later. But he uh, he is having one of his slow, quiet talking days where it was just kind of confusing and rambly. I did not see it. I, w- I would love to hear some it, tape of that. It was it was what you're used to. It's just, you know, he has the times when he went like he did in the debate. Uh, with debates with Trump, whatever for whatever reason he is on his game in those debates, but he has all those other times where he just seems like really tired and just kind of uh, loses his place a bunch of times. Yeah, yeah kind of dreamy and yeah, yeah. And he had one of those days yesterday. Wake up! Um, I want to dig more into. Thank you. I want to dig more into Thank this article. You. It's in the Wall Street Journal today about taxes and tax rates, and you've heard these numbers before, but they're worth repeating. I always think it's interesting. IRS statistics from 2018. That's the most recent ones I have for some reason. The top 1% of taxpayers. The 1%! The billionaires and billionaires! Well, they aren't millionaires and billionaires. Actually, it's uh, people who, households that make more than $540,000 a year, pay 40% of all individual income taxes. So the top 1% pays 40% of all the taxes. If you don't think that's fair, what should it be? Well, that's I'd have to know what percentage have. of income they have, though. That's the that's the relevant statistic. Um, and then the top five percent of uh, incomes—that's people that make households that make over two hundred eighteen thousand—pay sixty percent of the taxes. 
The top 5% pay 60% of the taxes. Yeah, good. And again, if that's not <laughs> their fair share, what do you think it should be? What what should that number be? Should 5%, if two-thirds isn't enough, should it be three-quarters? Um, the lowest 50%, by the way, the lowest 5, 50%, the lowest half, not like the poorest of the poor, the bottom half pay less than 3% of our nation's taxes. And I would say they have uh, roughly 3% interest in how government spends money, wastes money, squanders money. They don't care. And why would they? Boy, no kidding. No kidding. An excellent point. Thank you. That is the biggest problem with having the tax code the way it is. You've got a guaranteed 51%, which is all you need in a democracy. you got a guaranteed 51% that doesn't care about the national debt or anything else. No wonder fiscal conservatism is dead. you well, got and- half the country that has no reason to care. The point I've been making for quite some time is uh, a guy who checked into the Hotel California 25 years ago is that they've brilliantly narrowed the tax base so tightly in California that you could never vote the the bums out or you could never vote for significant changes because they've rendered a huge percentage of the population apathetic about tax policy and spending policy by restricting the tax base to, you know, the upper 10% or so of income. But, you know, do the math. They're not going to uh, be able to vote you out. It's really it's a, a great strategy for uh, coalescing and keeping a banana republic that then hires racists and anti-Semites and lunatics to teach your children. I get the feeling that you're not as concerned as I am about what's in Subway's tuna sandwiches. I, I don't think I've ever gone for the tuna at Subway. I love tuna. I eat tuna all the time. It's not think, at Subway. I don't think I have either. I have only ordered the meatball marinara from Subway, and I've been there hundreds of times. Me too. Yeah, that's oh, exactly I've... what I do. I always get the same thing, and it's that. Variety, friends. It's, it's a waste the spice of, time. of life. Variety is a risk it's, and a waste of it's time. It's proof God loves us. The crutch of the indecisive. <laughs> I, I work with rubes, friends. You say, can you imagine working with these people? But it's terrible. A, but there is a class action suit, and the New York Times scientist <laughs> took a look at Subway's tuna, and it's kind of funny. It's not, you know. And then we got very, very serious. <laughs> well, is it tuna? Well, um, one lab said it couldn't find any tuna DNA. <laughs> so, so inconclusive. <laughs> <laughs> um, got that, and then the super serious, which. You know, on either side of this, we're going to need transition music. The rash, the 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 spike in military suicides that's been going on for years now. Oh boy, uh, yeah. A, a look at that and what might be going on. Possible causes of all those military suicides. We got all that stuff, man. My, that's a wide ranging. <laughs> that's wide ranging, from they couldn't matter at all to couldn't matter more. Um, our text line is four one five two nine five KFTC. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. I mentioned that my kids are at a church camp this week, and uh, there's lots of dancing when they do the uh, the big, uh, what they call it, uh, rally or something there at the end, right before they get out of camp. And there's, uh, you know, your modern uh, Christian rock, and it's, it's, it's pretty pumping music, and everybody's dancing around, everything like that. Anyway, my youngest son, who, as I've mentioned, is, for whatever reason, 
doesn't have a shame gene or whatever stops a lot of us from dancing. That's awesome. Shame's the wrong word. You shouldn't be ashamed of dancing. Uh, uh, But why do a lot of us not want to dance in public? Fear of being judged. I guess. Anyway, my son doesn't have that. He's just perfectly, he is a dance like nobody's watching guy all the way around. That's the way. Um, (laughs) And he's got that going for him anyway. He's won twice this week, best dancer in his little group. So he gets to carry the little placard in. When they go in, he's very excited about that. Can you uh, fashion that thing into some sort of belt? Get him like the dancing championship belt placard? Yes. Yes, and a robe. Or not a robe, a cape. So awesome. Anyway, this... Don't, don't shuffle around in a robe. You'll come off like Joe Biden. Speaking of which, we'll have highlights of his anti-crime speech and reactions to it coming up. Yeah, um, well, we can talk about the um, uh, the content of it and all that sort of stuff as they, they try to address crime. The Democrats try to address crime in America, uh, but also just the the tone and delivery of it as a, as a really old man. So maybe next segment we'll get to that. This is gruesome. We are going to get to the Subway tuna story because we're going to need a palate cleanser after this one because this is, this is all just awful. So we're wrapping up the war in Afghanistan. They keep calling it America's longest war. I think that's ridiculous. It hasn't been a war for a very long time. No. It's an occupation, much like uh, many places we have troops. So, uh, four times as many active military personnel and veterans involved in our 21st century wars, which have been unique. Iraq, Afghanistan. Four times as many have died by suicide than were killed in fighting, a new report says. Great, Scott. How can you go forward with those numbers? The report from the Cost of War Project, run by Brown University and Boston University, listed a series of possible causes, and all of these are worth discussing because they don't know, and you're guessing, although they're trying to figure it out. This report comes from Fox News. Uh, Trauma, stress, continued access to guns, the difficulty of reintegrating into civilian life, But the report also raised the issue of the military's placing moral responsibility or blameworthiness on individual troops for matters that they have little influence on. I don't know. Psychologically, nobody knows exactly what's going on. That's an interesting point. It really is. So these guys are put into positions where they have to make individual decisions. But the person who put them in the position is not held responsible. The individuals are. I'll always have to point out when you're talking about that, that there there are more people that are killing themselves that were not in combat than were. So it's not just the whole combat experience. Correct. Uh, it also attributes part of the problem to America's the American public's disinterest in the post-9-11 wars. You, you go over, you serve, you sacrifice no matter what, because I've got a brother that's gone, went to Iraq twice. Um, you sacrifice no matter what you were doing with being away from your family, with being away from your friends, with, you know, not being in the workforce, you know, climbing the ladder there. There's all kinds of different things. Um, and then you come back and realize nobody was even paying attention. So right. in the military, I think you kind of get the idea that this is a big deal. This is a big deal. You're fighting for America. People back home counting on you, blah, blah, blah. Then you come home and realize people not only were not counting on me, they didn't even know this is happening. Yeah. Which has got to have some effect on your psyche. Uh, authors who I respect a great deal have pointed that out. And, and added to that, you have a situation where you're, you're living a life of purpose and, and mission very close to other people supporting each other. 
And then you get back to civilian life where you don't have empathy and understanding because there's a military class, then there's the other 97% of us who, who don't pay attention to the military at all. And I don't mean us, us. I mean U.S. Americans. Um and, and add to that the fact that modern society is so disconnected. So the things that help you heal and readjust, even if it's just just readjusting, even if you don't have that much to heal from, the, the personal connectedness, the civic organizations, the guy down the street who also served, the rest of it, everybody's staring at their screens. Man, I was talking to a, a guy the other day who'd been in Iraq, and I can't verify anything he was saying. But, man, he had some troubling stories. He was talking about how common it was for uh, you're with guys for a long time and you get under each other's skin or there's some guy that doesn't like you or you don't like him, and they shoot each other in, when they have the opportunity in a combat situation so Yikes. it can look like friendly fire. He said it was commonplace. Wow. He said he knows for a fact that that's what happened to, what was the football player from uh, Arizona Cardinals? Pat Tillman. Pat, Pat Tillman. He went over, and he was killed by friendly fire. Yeah. But this guy says, look, I talked to people who were there. They hated his whole gung-ho, you know, way too uh, aggressive with his leadership attitude, and they just waited for the chance to take him out and took him out. Wow, that's... Uh, I have yeah, no okay. idea. Uh, you know, this is one guy who was in Iraq. Um. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what the experience was like, um, but I certainly do, do know from him and other people that it uh, it doesn't feel like the movies when you're there. And then certainly when you get back and realize nobody was paying any attention, and then what were we trying to accomplish anyway? You've always got that hanging out there. Right. Some guys might feel used and, and disillusioned in that way. Plus, then add to that, and there are very few things that are one thing. This could be a stew of different uh, causes. You have a world, uh, the modern economy, the modern American economy, where manly men, men of action, physical men, are not needed nearly like they were a generation ago, certainly two generations ago. Good point. So you combine all those things, and you go from, you know, assuming you're not shooting each other, but a, a band of brothers thing, a, a tightly knit unit, feeling like you you have a mission, to sitting in a cubicle, you know, that's rough. I'm guessing this has never happened in world history, where a country was at war and you had four times as many of your active personnel in the military killing themselves as dying in the wars. I gotta Boy, I'd like that's... to see a major bipartisan uh, look at this and emphasis of it. I think everybody ought to be talking about it. Yeah, should be. And we should be talking about Subway's tuna sandwiches and whether or not they have tuna in them, but we're going to have to get to that later. I would hope they have tuna in them. Well, this study says that uh, one lab couldn't find any tuna DNA. I don't know. This smells to me not like tuna, but like one of those phony class action lawsuits where lawyers are just trying to get rich. Or does Subway keep doing these things to stay in the news and they think, hey, it's a net plus. We end up selling more sandwiches, believe it or not. Like, um, No. You don't think no. so? No. That theory is crackpot. Did There's you... no tuna in your theory. Did you? <laughs> Armstrong and Getty. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including... 
actress and star of the mega hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleh Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Background checks for purchasing a firearm are important. Ban on assault weapons and high-capacity magazines. Community policing and programs that keep neighborhoods safe and keep folks out of trouble. These at work, they save lives. Guns are not the problem here. The gun laws that we pass, the gun control kind of things that the president wants to do are only going to impact law-abiding citizens. Criminals don't pay attention to those laws. We have a lack of prosecution, and we've declared war on the police, and that is backfiring on those who have done it. Yeah, I was when I heard earlier in the week that President Biden was going to address crime, I thought, okay, it's probably a good idea. They're, he's going to try to get out in front of this. Americans, it's the growing issue, if not the number one issue already. 
then he went all with all guns and stuff. And I thought, oh, okay, so he's going to use it as an opportunity to try to drive the Democratic version of gun control. Well, maybe we'll get to the New York Times later. Why police have been quitting in droves in the last year. New York Times recognizing that police all over the country are quitting. Um, do you think that's because the gun laws aren't what they need to be or something? Uh, Asheville, North Carolina has been among the hardest hit by police departures. About a third of the force quit or retired in the last year. I mean, wow, in, that sort of, in Asheville. And that sort of thing is happening all over the country. People, so, you know, there are lots of things contributing to the rise in crime and murders and all that. I don't know how much you can, con- you can put on guns for the crime going up. But anyway, that's a separate topic. And I, th- I think it's ridiculous, honestly. It's a separate topic, and there'll be plenty of time to talk about that. I like this editorial piece in the New York Post, and we're going to play a little clip of Biden's speech yesterday. Before we get to that, Jack, moms, if you're finding it challenging to raise your kids, take heart. Kim Jong-un has advice. Stay with us. <laughs> okay. And we still got the Subway Tuna story to get to. The editorial board in the New York Post, is no one going to mention how confusing and out of it Biden was? President Biden's topic is one of the most important yesterday, crime and gun violence, but you wouldn't know it from the way he spoke. He slurred his words. He called the ATF the AFT. Uh, Blah, blah, blah. Biden was obviously tired, speaking in barely a monotone. He couldn't pronounce cognitive. The media would pick apart every appearance of President Donald Trump, saying even in news stories it was manic, exhausted. Uh, Remember, they would have a a, a psychologist on the panel talking about how he's clearly, you know, gone crazy or something like that. Right. Showing signs of this or that mental ailment. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, and the New York Post editorial board saying at some point we all need to recognize that Biden is really, you know, old and slow. And is this a problem? And if he ages like presidents generally age. Oh, my God, where is he going to be in three years? Well, hey, I hadn't even thought of that. I mean, just aging like normal people, he's already, you know, well, he's in God's waiting room. But, uh, yeah, presidential aging rates, yikes. Now, maybe he won't age like normal presidents because he's already so old and barely paying attention and can't feel the pressure. I don't know. But here's just a little clip of how he sounded yesterday. The Second Amendment from the day it was passed limited the type of people who could own a gun and what type of weapon you could own. You couldn't buy a cannon. Those who say the blood of the the blood of patriots, you know, and all the stuff about how we're going to have to move against the government. Well, the tree of liberty is not water with the blood of patriots. What's happened is that there have never been. If you wanted to think you need to have weapons to take on the government, you need F-15s and maybe some nuclear weapons. The point is that it's always been the ability to limit rationally limit the type of weapon that can be owned. And who can own it? Whispering, wow. rambling, confusing. Can't you know? He's got a point. He knows. You know, as you get older, this happens. He's got a point. He knows he wants to make, but he can't quite find the phrase or the words to do it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's. Uh, I mean, right? I, I, anyway. Well, and and the point of the Second Amendment and not disarming the citizens is not that they're going to fight a war against the government. It's that it's going to be, it would be so incredibly difficult to take away their rights and so bloody you don't dare try. That's it's a huge misconception that a lot of people have about the, the whole point of not disarming the citizens. We're not going to have a world war against the United States government. I'm reading from Newser about Subway sandwiches. I don't know what Newser is, really. An aggregator. We already know that Subway's bread isn't bread, it's cake. 
See, I'm already what? lost. I'm already lost. Oh, yeah. No, Subway got sued because their bread is cake. And in what sense is it cake? Too much sugar. Okay. The bread is delicious. And the reason it's delicious is because it's cake. <laughs> okay. Now, DNA testing can't confirm the tuna is tuna. What's going on? Is it time to freak out? Well, actually, probably not, says this writer. Two people in California started a class action lawsuit accusing Subway of putting something else in their tuna sandwiches without specifying what the something might be. A New York Times reporter decided to plumb the depths of the seafood issue by buying up to five feet of sandwiches, just the tuna, no veggies, and shipped them off to a lab for testing. The results were no tuna DNA was present in the sample. And so we obtained no amplification products from the DNA, whatever that means. So they found no tuna DNA in the tuna. Law states that for bread to be considered staple food, thus not subject to a VAT, uh, value-added tax, I think, uh, its sugar content shall not exceed 2% of the weight of flour included in the dough. However, Subway's bread comes in at 10%. We've moved on to the tuna. The lab clarified that while it's possible there's DNA that isn't tuna, it's totally possible there was no usable DNA to amplify, whatever that means again. So, yes, okay. 24-year-old web intern writes about science. <laughs> well, the New York Times well, it might be a web intern at the New York Times, but it's the New York Times. Um, but so, I, what am I supposed I, to think well, of well, that? Do you remember, like a year or so ago, they they got busted for their foot long sandwiches were eleven inches long or something? Mm-hmm. I remember. I think I think Subway is amplifying these stories or or egging them on because it's a, a no publicity is bad publicity among cheap sandwiches. There's nobody in the world of eating Subway sandwiches like me that hears these things and thinks, oh, my God, I'm not going there. Think, Whatever. All I, I do is think of Subway, come to think of it. I thought, yeah. you know what? I, I said something harsh and cruel to you earlier, and I I, I regret it. I, I retract th- it. I think it's true with all of your fast food sort of places. You hear, you know, blah, 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 and think, whatever. I know it's crap. It's cheap. It's right there. I'm going to eat it. I, You know, whatever. And so I think it's just advertisement. I think they've gone with the, um, who is famous for doing that? Um, one of your clothing stores, or they'd have their their ads were too oh, sexy, uh, and people were complaining. Urban Outfitters, oh, Abercrombie and Fitch, Abercrombie yeah. and Fitch, and acting like, oh no, where we apologize for? No, it was an opportunity. That the only reason I know Abercrombie and Fitch even exists was the supposed controversy it was over your too sexy ads. I think Subway's doing the same thing with their eleven-inch footlongs and <laughs> and or it's way too easy to launch a class action suit in mm. California. Mm. Yeah, I'll be surprised if those two Californians aren't uh, Subway employees. I'd like some mystery fish on the wheat cake, please. Yeah. Well, I know that's what I'm getting, or I don't know what's in there. I assume it's not healthy. Uh. It's way too cheap. How'd you make this for four bucks? Ah, whatever. Who cares? However you did it. (laughs) We buy in bulk. Volume, volume, volume. Kim Jong-un has parenting lessons? He does, indeed. He has advice for you parents. Stay tuned for that. Plus, uh, this is uh, really interesting. 153 people resigned or were fired from a Texas hospital system because they refused to get vaccinated. This hospital system announced, no, anybody who works here, you got to get vaccinated. It's a rule. And a uh, Texas judge, federal judge, upheld their policy. And sure enough, the uh, the deadline came, and it went, and anybody you didn't get to vaccinated got fired or resigned. Huh. Is this coming to an employer near you? Uh, we'll fill you in on some of the facts. Get to uh, Kim Jong-un's parenting advice. 
Oh, gosh, do, all sorts of stuff. Do I understand there's breaking news on one of the important stories of the day? Oh, yeah, that's right. I brought it up during the commercials, then promptly forgot about it. Michael, uh, breaking news, breaking news. Brandon, bring out Brandon the breaking news donkey. The news break, the, what? The, the, the donkey brays when news breaks on the Armstrong and Getty show. The Biden administration, having heard our very voices, what, 20 minutes ago, agreed to, well, I guess it was an hour 20, uh, has agreed to relocate thousands of Afghans who worked with the U.S. military as interpreters and translators while their visa applications are being vetted and vetted and vetted and vetted for years and years and years according to a senior administration official. Even though they were already vetted because they were, you know, right there with our soldiers and we didn't want them to turn on us or, uh, you know, give us false information and get us killed. So they'd already been vetted. But This is even more vetting. The decision comes amid growing pressure from lawmakers in both parties who fear those Afghans who served alongside American troops will be killed by the Taliban because they will be. The official uh, declined to say exactly how many Afghans would be relocated or where they would go while their visas are being processed. The U.S. could fly them to a third country or a U.S. territory. The relocation plan was first reported by the New York Times not long ago. Well, that's good news. I hope it's true. Or is it like when I hear the schools are open and it turns out they're open two hours a day, three days a week, and they're not learning? I just, you know, I want to make sure that this is actually what's going to happen. As it said right there, they don't know how many interpreters. I want to make sure it's not... Get a thousand of them out of there so we can say we got them out. And the other 17,000 are left behind. I just want to make sure this is real. Right. Listen to this. Because of such dangers being slaughtered by the Taliban for working with the Americans, Congress created a special visa program in 2006 for Afghans and Iraqis who worked alongside American troops. Okay? But the program is backlogged and limited. It takes an average of nearly three years for Afghans' applications to be processed, in part because of the rigorous vetting involved. There were about 18,000 Afghans awaiting for approval as of last month. That's unbelievable. Wow. An average of about three years. They might not have three days, the way the Taliban's sweeping across Afghanistan. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, there's more to this, but it's depressing and annoying and just proves that, uh, you know... Putting government in charge of everything is a terrible idea. That's a point we've made more than once. It's good news if true. Yeah, yeah. We'll just have to see how effective it is. You can announce a program all day long. Will it work? Kim Jong-un's parenting advice, among other important stuff to get to, coming up. Armstrong and Getty. Seem to be Satan's baby in a windstorm. So if you uh, if you caught the TikTok popular Twitter video bouncing around yesterday, the possessed baby that was it. Baby kind of talks a little cute a couple times, sounds like a baby. Then everyone's welcome. And I want to suck out your blood. <laughs> Says that. Let's hear just a little bit of that again. There, there's the possessed part. There's the devil part. My precious. 
Yeah, you took the precious. Now back to cute. Yeah, so, okay, so that is, well, it's beyond a doubt, that's a possessed baby. Is bipolar demon baby. Bi- <laughs> yes, it's a bipolar demon baby. Clearly. I know one when I hear one. Oh, heck yeah. Yeah. Why even uh, discuss it? BPDB. Mm. <laughs> I a know. classic case. I know one when I see one. Well, how disappointing for the Socialist Women's Union of Korea, their fat leader did not attend their big Congress, their big meeting. But he did give them a speech uh, via video, and his words filled the auditorium on Sunday. Actually, I don't know if it's a video or an audio tape. It's interesting he didn't show up. Uh, but he said, women should wear traditional clothing that helps make all the aspects of life brim over with our flavor, taste, and national emotions. <laughs> I don't know if it's tough to translate Korean or what, but <laughs> the sentences always seem like somebody who's really drunk or taking a blow to the head who wrote them. Again, uh, wear traditional clothing, ladies, to make all the aspects of life brim over with our flavor, taste, and national emotions. <laughs> And so they did. Those who could figure out what that meant, row upon row of women wore brightly colored dresses and blue face masks. Ladies, you should sing patriotic songs at uh, construction sites. <laughs> Can you imagine? They're building an office building down a street or a strip mall, and you show up. Oh, say, can you see? In your outfit, with a bunch of your friends. In your outfit, brimming with the national emotion. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, also, write encouraging letters to male soldiers. Um, and so they did, and they will, in a totalitarian state that leaves them little choice. Parenting advice. Kim warned women to protect their children from alien ideology, culture, and lifestyles. Things as seemingly minor as unusual clothing and speaking styles, slang from the West, were in fact, quote, a malignant tumor that threatens the life and future of our descendants, he said. Now, analysts are looking at this speech a little more seriously uh, than us, and they noticed that uh, North Korea recently tripled the maximum penalty for possessing uh, Western contraband, movies, uh, K-pop, thumb drives, anything like that. Because Kim is seemingly fearing technology's ability to to leak Western influences into the country. Sure, there are beliefs that lose control. Blue jeans and rock and roll help bring down the Soviet Union. Yeah, absolutely. In fact, it's pretty widely recognized. Uh, who is this? They're quoting um, that, 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 North Korea specialist Rudiger Frank. North Korea is in the middle of an economic crisis, and Kim Jong-un's strategy to deal with its inward orientation and strengthening uh, is with inward orientation, strengthening of the state. A crackdown on the ideological front is a logical consequence. Frank said he'd seen the power of pop culture during his teenage years in East Germany Mm. in the 80s. So too had Kim Jong-un's father, Kim Jong-il, who warned a quarter century ago of pop culture's role in the collapse of the Soviet bloc. It had a huge role in uh, Czechoslovakia, I remember. Vaslav Havel and the Velvet Underground and all that stuff. It's really hard to imagine. Because, you know, we have the latest, greatest everything in the United States and always have. But it's hard to imagine, like, we're living our lives and all of a sudden in leaks this music. You get a thumb drive. Have you heard this music from this other country? And the, and it's way better than anything you've ever heard. Or where more it just affects you in a different way. Certainly it's, speaks to you as a youth more than, you know, the Soviet national anthem. But it's hard to imagine the United States if just... if. Right. What it would be. So, hey, have you heard this? This is what they're listening to in India. And you put it in and it's like, Was... oh, my God, this is awesome! Isn't that kind of what happened with the Beatles invasion or the British invasion? 
Like they didn't have thumb drives back then, but they had the Ed Sullivan show. <laughs> well, to get back to the, uh, the the Soviet example, there you are uh, as a teenager listening to la 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 and then, and then all of a sudden you hear Sweet Jane or you know the Stones or whatever. Yeah, that would that would uh, that would definitely soften up your love for the old motherland. Getting back to the uh, Korean expert. Now, new technologies such as digital media, mobile devices, etc., are making it increasingly difficult to isolate the population from South Korean culture. Kim Jong-un's remarks are confirmation that North Korea's youth is under substantial influence by this kind of foreign culture. How long can that regime last? And what does it look like when it, when it stops? Mm. I mean, you've got tens of millions of people who are, who are virtual cultists, starving poor, no idea of reality. Right across the border from maybe the most technologically advanced society in the world, the South Koreans. Yeah, certainly on the cutting edge of a lot of stuff. Uh, one more thought from the Korea expert. When you face a crisis, you can retreat or move forward. Kim Jong-un's reaction, including the hyper-conservative attempt to regulate the way teenagers look and speak, shows that the North Korean leader is not a reformer. Yeah, that's right. There was a ban on mullets not long ago and, and other wacky Western hairstyles. Oh, by the way, the, the mullet is full on back. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's uh, ironically cool, I guess. Or just cool. Yeah, I don't know. Judy and I were uh, were hanging out. I can't even remember where we were, but there were uh, there was like a 10-year-old kid with a flaming mullet. I mean, it was it was like look at my mullet mullet. And then his 16-year-old brother, I'm guessing the ages, uh he was rocking it too, looking mm-hmm. all Joe Dirt, looking all 80s guitar player. I think this is a byproduct of the vid time where people were allowed to kind of grow out and reshape mm. and kind of do a brand new here's me world without having to go through the uh, the awkward yeah. progression to you, that you could be right about that sure yeah yeah it's like coming back from vacation with a beard i exactly i should introduce that to my kids i wonder if either one of them have an interest in the mullet <laughs> why would you do that to them i don't know they have hair i don't have hair i've never had these options just make sure that their clothing uh, brims over with the flavor, taste, and national emotions. <laughs> Did General Milley, speaking about the U.S. military, go too down, far down the road of uh, critical race theory and embracing wokeism in a speech yesterday? We'll play a little of that and let you decide, I guess. I'm, yeah, I'm kind of curious to hear if he even understands what it is. I'm worried about us taking the eye on, our eye off the ball of what the military is supposed to be doing. Right. Armstrong and Getty. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Mini Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. 
The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.